Good morning and welcome to this assembly where our attention is centered in the things of God, the cross of Christ, and the instruction the Holy Spirit caused to be written for us in Scripture. I invite your attention to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. What really helps me in the study of the book of Romans is the very simple structure of the content. The book of Romans is laid out in a simple outline format, moving in sequence. That's very helpful for readers and students. It begins with a statement of the problem in the human race, and that problem is sin. And Paul develops that thoroughly in the first three chapters of the book of Romans. Now, after the problem is stated, you would expect the next section where Paul describes the solution to the sin problem, God's plan in Christ, the gospel of Christ. And that is set forth thoroughly out of chapter 3, and over through chapter 5. Now the next thing you would expect would be walking in newness of life. After you become a Christian, you walk in newness of life. And that is described thoroughly in Romans chapter 6 through chapter 8, walking in newness of life. Then in Romans chapters 9 through 11, God's plan that always intended for everyone to hear the gospel of Christ, Jews, Gentiles of whatever race, everyone God intend to hear the gospel of Christ. Now you come to chapter 12. And chapter 12 begins a beautiful and great discourse on how Christians are to live. I mean in very simple, specific, and practical terms. How are Christians to live? And in chapter 12, you arrive at this verse, Romans chapter 12 and verse 11, where it says, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Let's read that again. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Romans 12 and verse 11. Let me ask you, are you familiar with the sloth? I mean the animal. Have you been to a zoo and observed this tree-dwelling mammal? Not much to see. Very little movement, sometimes known for his laziness. And according to some sources who've studied this animal, his lethargy is so great that he may die instead of reaching out for food unless his female counterpart brings him food and puts it in his mouth. 
the sloth. Scripture uses this creature to illustrate an absence of zeal, a lack of responsible activity. Listen again to Romans 12 and verse 11. Do not be slothful in zeal. And there are many other passages where the same terminology and the same imagery emerges. The one talent man back in that parable in Matthew was said to be wicked and slothful. You don't want to be a spiritual sloth. I don't want to leave that legacy. Well, in Romans 12 and verse 11, there are opposites, being zealous or being slothful. Paul said, do not be slothful, but fervent. Look at these words, zeal, fervent, serving the Lord. I tell you this, there is no drudgery in the New Testament description of a Christian. There is no drudgery in the New Testament description of a Christian. Being a Christian is not something that you do if you have time. It's not an inferior part of your life, something that you sort of dabble in from time to time. Something that you may talk about, but not much else. If you're a Christian, this is your life in Christ, serving God with this strong level of commitment that can be described by this word, zeal. Knowledge that becomes obedient with a joy and an enthusiasm and a priority in your life that is captured by this word, zeal, zealous, fervent in spirit. I am concerned, faithful participating Christians are concerned, and most important, God is concerned that there are people who have been baptized, they become Christians, but they lack seriously what this passage describes. And so worship is not a priority. The things of the world consume their lives. Participation with other Christians is minimal. Commitment to the Lord's work is marginal. And if there is one word in this verse that describes these folks who have become inactive after becoming Christians, it is this word, slothful. But nobody wants to wear that label. I tell you, we all need to give our attention to this that the Bible says. Those of us who are here, the one up here, those of us who are not here, everyone who would propose to be a child of God, a Christian, needs to give attention to this. One of the marks, one of the marks of a true Christian is not being slothful, but fervent in spirit and zealous in serving the Lord. Let's take the time we have this morning to consider this. I want you to think of zeal as knowledge that becomes obedient with consistency and joy and enthusiasm that is fervent 
captured by the word zeal. Think of zeal as connected to all the other qualities the Bible says belongs in the life of a Christian. Courage to change and do better. Wisdom, energy, diligence, growth. And so I raise the question, where will zeal show up? It shows up in evangelism in Acts 5.42. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. That's evangelism. This is what the early Christians did, not just initially while they were excited for a couple of weeks. It says they did not cease preaching that Jesus is the Christ. Let me ask, when we find something valuable, what is our first impulse? When we find something we believe is valuable, what's one of our first impulses? A golfer finds a new club, a fisherman finds a great new lure, an automobile driver finds gas under $3. Assume that there is no selfishness or competitive spirit when you find something valuable, a treasure, something everybody needs, what do you want to do? I want to spread the good news, don't you? I want to call my friends. I want to text my neighbors. I want to tell them what I have found that's valuable. You know where I'm going with this. Folks, there is nothing in the world better, more valuable, more necessary than the gospel. There is nothing in this world better than the gospel. How can we be silent? Why are we not shouting from the housetops? Why are we not using all our modern communication tools to get the word out? We have text messaging, social media, email, phones, and conversation, and we even have old-fashioned mail. Here's one idea. When you hear a good sermon that is faithful to the text of Scripture, I mean, whether it is me or some other faithful gospel preacher who is trustworthy with the Bible, you watch the video, you listen to a recording, you believe it is exactly what the Bible says, share it. Share it through these communication tools we have. If you're not certain how to take a link to a good audio or video sermon and share it, you can ask me and I'll help you with that, or Herb, or your grandkids, they know how to do it. Sharing a link with a message, asking a friend or a co-worker to listen and watch this. It is so easy and it can lead to conversations. I'll tell you, some of the sermons that you will find that are faithful to the text of Scripture, you send to your friends and co-workers and you'll hear back. Pray that you handle that well. 
But I tell you, zeal shows up in evangelism. We need to do so much more. Where does zeal show up? It shows up in service to others. Galatians 5.13, through love serve one another. Do you need any definitions or commentary on that? Through love serve one another. Now, if you want an example of that, I would recommend you go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and read about Jesus. What he said accompanied by what he did. He gave so much emphasis to love as exhibited actively in serving one another. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. He even said, love your enemy. He said, greatness is not in being served, but in serving. He spoke of the good and faithful servant. Now, I read all of that and must ask myself, what am I doing to love my neighbor and serve my brothers and sisters in Christ? When I read what Jesus said and I, I read what Jesus did, I need to pause and say, what am I doing? What did I do last week? What am I going to do this week? Will I wait for some crisis and then come to the aid of someone who needs help? Or will I find ways to encourage and serve and help in a consistent way? We can be zealous about some things while being completely negligent and slothful about other things. We need balance in our discipleship. We need balance. My zeal needs to be whole and balanced and comprehensive. So I can serve people through words of gratitude, words of encouragement, a card, a phone call, finding various ways to help someone and build up members of the body of Christ. We are called to serve like, we have so many examples, we are called to serve like Barnabas and Timothy and Paul and Dorcas and Eunice and Lois and so many other Bible characters who were known for their zealous activity in response to God and therefore being helpful servants and good neighbors to others, sharing the gospel and serving others according to their need and your ability. Love one another. That's an easy song to sing, and the words are easy to spell and write and pronounce. It's all over Scripture, yet we may still be deficient in our personal experience of serving others. Where will zeal show up? It'll show up in evangelism. It'll show up in serving others. It will show up in my daily contact with God. I'm going to open to 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7, which is about me and God, and you 
and God. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. Now, when you read that, I believe you need to read it this way. He cares for me. This has to do with my personal contact with God. Your personal contact with God. (coughs) We need to think in terms of you and God. Me and God and living under His care. Knowing Our anxieties can be given to Him. We don't need to hold on to them eternally. They can be given to Him. (coughs) Devotion to Him. With consistent thoughts about Him. And what our response to Him ought to be. Our communication to Him. He's communicated to us. We need to communicate with Him. Two-way communication. That's where zeal shows up. Let him communicate with you through daily Bible reading. Then you communicate back to him with prayer and with your life. And if you'll do that faithfully, if I'll do that faithfully, we will not be slothful. We will be fervent in spirit. We will exhibit zeal in serving the Lord. Where does zeal show up? It shows up in attendance and worship. There are two passages we've read here in this building many, many times. And you've heard this if you're a Christian since you were baptized, maybe before. But I tell you folks, hearing a passage, maybe memorizing a passage is very different from consistently honoring what it says. Jesus said in John 4, 24, Worship God in spirit and in truth. God seeks such to worship Him. Do we need a dictionary, commentaries, historical background? Worship God in spirit and in truth. And we all know what Hebrews 10.25 says about the neglect, I'm using biblical terms, the neglect that occurs in forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Now, we worshiped for a while in small groups. I hope that's what we did. One result of that for some It's just not good at all. And we need to talk about it openly. I'm talking about people, listen carefully now, I'm talking about people who could be here, but they became accustomed to not being here. No physical disability. They could be here, but during the pandemic, they became accustomed to not being here. Now, I'm going to tell you that almost every church I know about has reported this problem. 
We take no comfort in that. The fact that this happened over and over in Texas and other places, we take no comfort in that. We need to talk about it and address it. It has been so hard for some people to restart. So easy to stay home. I heard somebody a couple of weeks ago in an event that I attended talk about pajama Christians who became so accustomed to being maybe in the bed or on the couch and watching the live stream. Then when everything started coming back, their thought was, well, that was awful easy. That sure was easy. It's been hard for some to restart. Too easy to stay home, even though they could be here. The Lord's work has suffered, and spiritual growth has been impeded by that reality everywhere and here. There was an expression that we used to use, and we don't hear it much anymore, and that's sad. I want to reintroduce this expression and just ask that you think about this, not only while I'm preaching, but over the next several days. Here's what I heard for many years. Being there every time the door is open. Now, here's what some say about that. I I've heard this. Well, that was good 50 years ago, but we're busy today. We're busy today. That, that, was, that was okay 50 years ago. Those people had so much time on their hands. They didn't have anything else to do. So being there every time the door was open, that was fine 50 years ago. But today, we're just busy people. That just doesn't ring true. A couple of weeks ago, I held a meeting in Arkansas for a very small country church. In fact, the church where I started preaching. And it caused a lot of reflection and memories about farmers who were up before the sun. Some of them also worked jobs off the farm, got home at five or six o'clock and worked back out in the fields. Weekends were spent working the farm, not much time to rest, but they were at every Bible class and every assembly. Some of them rushing out of the field an hour before the assembly, going in, cleaning up, some of them coming in their bib overalls. They did add a tie. They were there. And in addition to the farmers, school teachers. Do you think school teachers are busy now, but they weren't then? School teachers and factory workers and truck drivers and office workers and retail workers, and they're raising kids. 
as busy or busier as we are without as much entertainment distraction that we have going on. Sunday morning for Bible class, the morning worship assembly, Sunday night, Wednesday night, they were there. They were busy, maybe busier than we are. They were there. It doesn't ring true to say that was 50 years ago and they didn't have anything else to do. They were there. If you really want to recharge your spiritual life and upgrade your participation with this church and express greater zeal, be here every time you're able to be here. We'll be back at 5 o'clock. I'll be talking about some things from the book of Revelation. Wednesday night, we'll be here at 7 o'clock as we continue through 1 Peter. Next Sunday morning at 9.30 and 10.30, we make this appeal to all who are able, willing, and committed to take another step in the right direction. Because the Bible says, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. The church in Laodicea in the book of Revelation was not frozen solid, but it wasn't boiling over. It was lukewarm. Because of, Je of this, Jesus said he was going to spew them out of his mouth. That's Revelation 3, 14 to 19. What was their problem? Jesus reproved them for complacency, getting into a rut and a routine and never breaking out of that to do more and do their best. We must recognize that included in doctrinal soundness is being fervent in spirit and that we are spiritually incomplete without zeal. In fact, I'm going to put it this way. We are as spiritually incomplete without zeal as we are without baptism. Because both are taught from God. Every congregation of God's people would be stronger if each Christian would invite one person to worship every week. Read the Bible with your family every day. Attend and participate in every worship service and class. Meet every visitor and pray a lot. Let me reach my conclusion. In the book of Titus in chapter 3. In the book of Titus... I'm opening to chapter 3. This is from God through Paul to Titus for our knowledge and practice. Verse 1 in Titus 3 says, Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. That's verse 1 in Titus 3. Now, still in Titus 3... For emphasis, I want you to look over at verse 14. These are bookends in Titus 3. So in verse 14, let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not 
be unfruitful. Everything we've talked about falls clearly in this classification. Good works. Do you need to be more diligent? I need to be more diligent. Is there an absence of sincere zeal in your service to God? Can you do more? Am I doing my best? Is there more I need to do? It is the task of gospel preachers to raise these questions and rebuke whatever slothfulness may be present in the lives of the preacher and the lives of those who listen. The pathway forward for each one of us must be to never let our zeal for God to decline. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Let's be standing while we sing.